Hello and welcome to the I Can Do podcast with Benjamin Lee. We're here to talk about tips and strategies to have an I Can Do mindset. Life is what you put into it. Get the most you can. Here's your host, Benjamin Lee. Well, hello, everyone. I am Benjamin Lee. I hope and pray all is well with you. And uh, today we're going to be studying from the Word of God. Now, the picture that you see here on my video is what happened at the Oscars a couple of weeks ago. You could refer to it as the slap that's been heard around the world, the slap that's been heard and seen around the world. I have not watched watched the uh, Oscars in a, a number of years, but when this happened a couple of Sundays ago, I was in Brooklyn, New York, and I heard about it. No doubt about it. I was shocked and surprised at what happened. Was this really something that was staged? It was something that was not staged, all right? It was something that happened. It was something that happened in the spur of the moment with anger and not thinking where Will Smith walked up on the stage and slapped Chris Rock, and the rest is history. And it's a reminder that we live in a world full of violence. Will Smith and what he did there, and certainly he's apologized, there are a number of consequences that he now will experience, but he's not the only one who has been involved in some kind of violence. Even though it's been a couple of years, let us not forget what happened in Washington, D.C. when people stormed the Capitol in Washington, D.C., January 6th, 2020. Thousands of people who were there, I don't know exactly how many people stormed into the Capitol, but with the protests and the violence that took place, again, it's a reminder that this world is full of violence. At least 200, 250 people have been arrested, and so what took place there is a really big deal, and so you have violence with respect to Will Smith, where someone disrespected his wife. You have violence with respect to these protesters and these people who feel like the election was stolen. And so when it comes to their liberties and to the U.S., violence now has happened again. We live in a world full of violence. But there are other examples. You know, you can look at sporting events and you can see that too many times people are resorting to violence. People are getting into fights. And if you look at that photo closely, People are drinking alcohol. I think that's one of the biggest reasons why. But there's also something else where people do not have this control to resist and to do something that will have really big consequences in the future. We live in a world full of violence. What's interesting is that even when you think about social media, for example, this article from the Washington Post back in October 2021 talked about how Facebook is under fire where it says five points for anger, one for a like. So it's talking about the algorithms that Facebook uses and how these algorithms foster a lot of rage and misinformation. And no doubt about it, for some people, this rage and misinformation often can lead to violence in a variety of ways. Yet it's fascinating, and make no mistake about it, Big Brother is watching, that these engineers are giving this value to things that is going to make your blood boil, that is going to get you excited and angry and cause you to say and do things. And too many times that has happened even among Christians. We live in a world full of violence. 
And that's what I want us to study for a few minutes today from the Word of God. We live in a world full of violence. How are we as Christians supposed to respond? You know, we can talk about the Capitol, we can talk about Will Smith, we can talk about Facebook, but we find violence everywhere in our music, in our television shows, in our movies. And so how we know or how we respond is really going to play a vital role in us being the people of God and shining our lights. So I want to take you on a brief journey. If you have your Bible, open it up to Genesis chapter 4. We're going to study from Genesis chapter 4, beginning in verse number 1. This is the story of Cain and Abel. The Bible says, Now the man had relations with his wife Eve, and she conceived and gave birth to Cain. And she said, I have gotten a man-child with the help of the Lord. Again, she gave birth to his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of flocks, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. So it came about in the course of time that Cain brought an offering to the Lord of the fruit of the ground. Abel, on his part, also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord, listen to this, the Lord had regard for Abel and for his offering. That's going to become important in the story. The Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but notice that God did not have regard for Cain and his offering. Verse 5, but for Cain and for his offering, he had no regard. So Cain became very angry and his countenance fell. Now watch the warning that God gave to Cain. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will not your countenance be lifted up? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. And its desire is for you, but you must master it. As we think about this world of violence that we live in, there are warnings from God that we must listen to. Cain was warned by God to master this sin and this desire that he had. Sin was crouching at the door, but Cain would not listen to the Almighty God. And as a result of this, we know what happened. Cain's anger boiled over and led to him killing his brother. In verse number eight, the Bible says, Cain told his brother, told Abel his brother, and it came about when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and killed him, killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel your brother? And he said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? Well, of course he knew. And so this anger that he had, not only did he kill his brother, but now he lied to God. And there's something we can learn about this initial story in the book of Genesis where we find this violence of a man versus another man. In 1 John chapter 1 in the New Testament, turn over there, please, to 1 John, rather, chapter 3. In 1 John chapter 3, verses 11 through 13, the Bible says, For this is the message which you have heard from the beginning. John here was speaking about love, and John is speaking about those who are born of God. Those who are born of God will not practice sin. We will not continue and make it a habit. Those who are children of God practice righteousness. The devil is the one, and those who, are, those who practice sin, they are of the devil. Now, in verse number 11, John said, For this is a message which you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Not as Cain. So look at what the Bible says. The Holy Spirit speaks about Cain in the New Testament. Not as Cain, who was of the evil one and slew his brother. And for what reason did he slay him? 
because his deeds were evil and his brothers were righteous. Cain had no right to kill his brother. Cain had no right to be upset with his brother, but he was. And as a result of that, he killed his brother. Notice that the, uh, John says, do not be surprised, brethren, if the world hates you. Well, just as Jesus was hated, his people will be hated as well. But I want you to see here that Cain was of the evil one. That is not something that is flattering at all. You see, this world of violence, we see violence around us today, whether it's with Will Smith or the Capitol attack and sporting events, but violence has been around shortly after the beginning of the creation of mankind. And so Cain is an example of what not to do. Cain is an example of the danger of anger and the danger of not fully looking at ourselves and taking responsibility and not listening to God, but rather listening and being influenced by the evil one, Satan. Well, on the other hand, Abel is the one that we need to model. Abel still speaks, and obviously he is dead, but who he is and what he did and how he lived and his faith to God, it continues to have an influence and speaks to us today. In Hebrews chapter 11, this chapter of faith, the Bible says, by faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained the testimony that he was righteous. God testifying about his gifts, and through faith, though he is dead, he still speaks. The things that we see today in this world, violence has been around for a very long time, unfortunately. A second example of this, go back to the beginning in Genesis chapter 6. And I want you to take note of some of the men that we see, some of the people that we see that even though Cain was a man full of violence, Abel was different. And that's who we are called to be. We are called to be different than how others around us, even our own family members, may act. So in Genesis chapter 6, we find God, he's going to call Noah, and God is going to tell Noah that he is going to destroy the world with a worldwide flood. In verse number 5, the Bible says, then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. The Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. The Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, from man to animals to creeping things and to birds of the sky, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah, so see, just like Abel, there's a righteous person, righteous people, even in a dark world, and that's who we are supposed to be. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. I want you to notice what it says in verse number 11. Now the earth was corrupt in the sight of God, and the earth was filled with violence. God looked on the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way upon the earth. Then God said to Noah, the end of all flesh has come, has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. You see, God has always hated violence, and he would destroy the world because of this violence. The world would be destroyed except for eight souls, Noah, his wife, his three sons, and their three wives. And yet Noah was a man who was able to walk in, this wor in a world full of violence and wickedness, and yet he remained righteous. 
Noah is an example that even in the darkest of days, even in a world full of violence, where violence is now even more accepted, and it is somewhat challenging when you think about Hollywood and what they push and what they believe, and, and then they get so upset when something like this happens. It's interesting how people have some kind of moral standard. Everybody has a line about what is too far. Well, God's standard has to be our standard. And what we find in these stories is that from the beginning, God has hated violence. In Psalm chapter 11, if you turn over to Psalm chapter 11, we learn something about our true and living God. Psalm chapter 11 and verse number five and six, the Lord tests the righteous and the wicked. And the one who loves violence, his soul hates. You hear that? The one who loves violence, his soul hates. God is not pleased with this kind of violence. God is not pleased with individuals who are engaged in violence. Judgment would come. There would be judgment upon the whole world. There would be judgment upon Cain. Cain would be sent out, and his life would be changed forever. You see, we live in a world full of violence, and so maybe we shouldn't be surprised when we see some of the violence around us. Yes, it should be appalling, but we also understand that we live in this dark, evil world. Now, those are two examples, but there are many other examples in the Bible that we could look at that demonstrate this problem of violence. Sodom and Gomorrah, in particular, where the men there were engaging in, uh, in, in homosexuality in Genesis chapter 19 and verses 9 and 10, I just want you to notice how they interacted with the men and how aggressive they were and what they wanted to do and how they wanted to bring about harm on those individuals with respect to Lot and the two angels. In Genesis chapter 19, verses 9 and 10, the Bible says, but they said, stand aside. Furthermore, they said, this one who came, this one came in as an alien, and already he is acting like a judge. Now we will treat you worse than them. So they pressed hard against Lot and came near to break the door. They were going to do much harm. And I think this is an example of violence. Violence can come in a variety of ways whether it was with Sodom and Gomorrah, and even with the brothers of Joseph. Remember the story? We're not even out of the book of Genesis yet, in Genesis chapter 37, where Joseph has these dreams, and he shares these dreams to his older brothers. Now, they're already upset. They already hate him because he's daddy's favorite son. In Genesis 37, in verse number four, look at verse number three. Now, Israel loved Joseph more than all of his sons because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a very colored tunic. His brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers. And so they hated him and could not speak to him on friendly terms. So number one, I want you to notice a progression here. We see hatred. I look at verse number 11 after he told, after Joseph told them his dreams, his brothers were jealous. You have hatred, you have jealousy. Now look at verse number 22. Verse number 22, Reuben further said to them, shed no blood. Now they wanted to kill him, throw him into this pit that is in the wilderness, but do not lay hands on him so that he might rescue him out of their hands to restore him to his father. So now you have this violence. They wanted to kill him. Reuben saved his life, but they still would throw him into a pit. Hatred, jealousy, no doubt anger, and then eventually violence. There's a progression that often takes place when people get to this point of violence. At the end of Genesis, in Genesis 49, 
before Jacob died in Genesis chapter 49 and verse number five, as he talked to his sons, he would say to Simeon and Levi, Simeon and Levi are brothers. Their swords are implements of violence. Let my soul not enter into their counsel. Let not my glory be united with their assembly, because in their anger they slew men, and in their self-will they lamed oxen. Cursed be their anger, for it is fierce, and their wrath, for it is cruel. I will disperse them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. This account goes back to Genesis chapter 34, where Simeon and Levi, they took revenge when their sister had been raped, Dinah had been raped back in Genesis chapter 34. Wrath, anger, hatred, jealousy, it will lead to somewhere. And sadly, it often leads to violence. The entire book of Judges, we don't have time to read it, but the entire book of Judges talks about violence, wickedness, blood that was shed. And even in the New Testament, one of Jesus's apostles in Luke chapter 22, Luke chapter 22, verses 48 through 51, Luke chapter 22, verses 48 through 51, I want you to notice something here. In Luke 22, verses 48 through 51, before Jesus would be crucified, Judas would, would betray him with a kiss. The Bible says in verse number 48, but Jesus said to him, Judas, are you betraying the son of man with a kiss? When those who were around him saw what was going to happen, they said, Lord, shall we strike with the sword? And one of them struck the slave of the high priest. We know who that was from the other accounts. That was Peter and cut off his ear. That man was Malchus. But Jesus answered and said, stop. No more of this. And he touched his ear and he healed him. There's a passage that helps us to see whether or not Jesus endorses violence. Well, here's a passage that shows us that he clearly did not. We see that he would restore the ear. In fact, look at Matthew's account in Matthew chapter 26. In Matthew chapter 26, verses 50 through 52, I want you to take note of this. And Jesus said to him, Friend, talking to Judas, friend, do what you have come for. Then they came and laid hands on Jesus and seized him. And behold, one of those who were with Jesus reached out, reached and drew out his sword and struck the slave of the high priest and cut off his ear. Then Jesus said to him, put your sword back into its place. For all those who take up the sword shall perish by the sword. What does Jesus have to say about violence? You live by the sword, you'll die by the sword. Stop. Let not this be. All right? And so in this world of violence, Jesus tells us who we are supposed to be. Now, the world has a certain viewpoint about this. But as the people of God, as people of the way, we need to understand the way of God and live that way. And yet that can be very challenging. And so that really forces us to really consider ourselves. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever struggled with anger? I know I have. When I was young, I used to get angry all the time. I used to tell people I was going to kill them. And I got a lot of whoopings. Have you ever struggled with jealousy? I have. Have you ever struggled with hatred? 
I have. I'm not proud of this. Have you ever struggled with violence? Yeah, me too. In college, I punched one of my roommates. He came home drunk. That didn't give me an excuse to punch him. Things were said, and I lost my temper. And just like that, you can change and do something that you would later that you will regret later on. Sin crouches at the door. And oftentimes what gets us to this point of violence in some shape or form is anger, hatred, jealousy, and all of these things should not be. And so we have to really ask ourselves, okay, is this a struggle for us? You know, many times there, this will be a struggle. There will be times where people will wrong me and you. They will say something about us. They will speak against our family. They will hurt us with their words. They may cut us off in the, on the highway. Our neighbors may disappoint us. People will gossip about us. People will wrong us, will think the worst about us. If not careful, you can lose your self-control and do things you thought you would never do. And yet we see how we should respond. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, we find Paul, and notice what he said about a man by the name of Alexander the coppersmith. He did me, Alexander the coppersmith, did me much harm. The Lord will repay him according to his deeds. So now we're starting to see how we are to respond. It is God who will repay and not us. It is others who will hurt us and wrong us. And yet it is God who is the one that will repay. We are living in Babylon. It's always Babylon. As a brother in Christ, Jeff Wilson preached at our congregation uh, not too long ago. It's always Babylon. Like in the days of Daniel, we live in the world where it's so similar to Babylon. And you do this to me and I'll do this to you. You act this way, then I'll, I'll act this way. You slap me, I'll slap you back. Well, Jesus and now Paul are helping us to see how we are to respond. Now, someone may be thinking, well, look, I'm not like, uh, I'm not like Will Smith. I'm not like Cain. I haven't committed murder or anything like that. But go back to the same context in 1 John chapter 3, where we just read about Cain. Where in verse number 11, it says, for this is a message which you have heard from the beginning that we should love one another not as Cain, who was of the evil one and slew his brother. And for what reason did he slay him? Because his deeds are evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, brethren, if the world hates you. And I think that's something important. The world will hate us because of our faith in Jesus Christ. Because we believe the way, the truth, and the life is only found in Jesus Christ. Because Jesus is risen from the dead, the world will hate us. The world hated Jesus. They spoke against him. They were violent towards him. Now notice what John says here as he speaks about love. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brethren. We've been converted. We've been transformed. And we are no longer in death, but rather into life because we love the brethren. This should be something that is manifested or, or evident in our lives, love for one another. Jesus would speak about this in John 13, verses 34 and 35. You want to know how people in the world will know that we are his disciples, his followers? By the love that we have for one another. 
And so he says, he who does not love in verse 14, he who does, he does not love abides in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Hmm. The thing about that, we may not physically kill, but the Holy Spirit is Holy Spirit has taken us back to the heart of the matter. What about our hearts? Do we hate our brothers and sisters in Christ? Some may say, well, how could I ever hate my brother and sister in Christ? Well, listen, that can happen. Esau hated his brother, Jacob, and he wanted to kill him. Thankfully, he didn't. But you had struggles in the first century, Jew and Gentile struggles, and you have struggles even today among the people of God. And so, we need to understand how does God view violence? Well, we know what Jesus has said. You don't put, you don't pick up that sword. You live by the sword, you'll die by the sword. We know what Paul said, right? Vengeance belongs to God. God will repay. We know what John says. We can't have hatred and bitterness toward one another. And we've seen how God views violence. And even in Proverbs chapter six in the Old Testament, there are certain things that God hates. Now, obviously God hates all sin, but notice what is emphasized here, beginning in verse number 16. There are six things which the Lord hates. Yes, seven, which are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that run rapidly to evil, a false witness who utters lies, and one who spreads strife among brothers. This is not the will of God. This is not the way of God. God warned Cain. God even gave a warning to the world. It took time for Noah to build the ark. Noah is described as a preacher of righteousness in 2 Peter chapter 2. There was time for the people to repent, and they did not. And now we have these warnings as well from the Holy Spirit. And so as you think about this world of violence that we live in, how should we respond? Number one, we must be different. Jesus, when he spoke to his apostles, he told them essentially, yeah, you got to be different too. We don't do that. We don't cut off people's ears. We're not retaliating. My kingdom is not a physical kingdom, but a spiritual kingdom. In Matthew chapter five, the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus said in verse number 38, you have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Yes, that was a part of the old covenant. And in the book of Exodus chapter 21, we read about that. And that was done so that justice would take place. But in the process of time, the law had been, had been manipulated or the law had been abused. And now people were retaliating in a way that was not justifiable. Jesus said, but I say to you, do not resist an evil person. But whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him also. If anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, let him have your coat also. Whoever forces you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him who asks of you, and do not turn away from him who wants to borrow from you. Jesus is telling us to be totally different than what the world will do. We do not retaliate evil with evil. And a lot of times, a lot of times we want to try to slice and dice. Well, it doesn't mean this, it doesn't mean that. It's got to mean something. So what does it mean? It means that we should be different. If a Roman soldier asked someone back in that time to walk a mile and to carry their stuff, the Christian would say, I'm going to go two miles for you. I'm going to be totally different than what so many people in the world or how so many people in the world would respond. 
be different. We don't have to retaliate with words, with actions, be different. I'm not saying it's always easy, but this is who we are called to be. Violence can come in a variety of ways. Sadly, it happens in, in homes with spouses and even against children, verbal abuse, emotional abuse. Well, we shouldn't be engaged in that. We have to be different. Romans chapter 12, Paul reminded the saints that they were to be different there as well. In Romans chapter 12, verses 17 through 21, Romans chapter 12, listen to what Paul says. Never pay back evil for evil. Never pay back evil for evil. To anyone, respect what is right in the sight of all men. If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Never take your own revenge. That's what so many of the movies we watch are all about. Getting revenge, getting even. God is one of justice. And yes, we should strive to have justice in the world. But how we go about doing it really does matter. Leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay. But if your enemy is hungry and feed, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. And if he is thirsty, give him a drink. Go further than what other people would ever do. For in so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Be different. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Be different. And when you find yourself angry and frustrated, pause. Take a step back. Nehemiah is one of the best examples of this, where Nehemiah received frustrating news. He had reason to be angry, and there are certainly times for us when we should be angry. In Nehemiah chapter 5 and verse number 6, Nehemiah said after he found out that some of the Jewish brethren were being used, or not being used, but rather their own brothers were charging interest on the things that they had. In verse number 6, Nehemiah said, then I was very angry when I had heard their outcry in these words. That's often where a lot of trouble begins, when we are very angry. And what we typically do not do is pause. But that's exactly what Nehemiah did. I consulted with myself and contended with the nobles and the rulers and said to them, he pondered, pondered. He, he meditated. He, he waited. Sometimes we need to do that. We need to wait and think about what we're going to post on Facebook. We don't have to be, as Jeff Wilson said, keyboard warriors. Wait. We don't have to respond with, with violence via Facebook or some other social media. We don't have to respond with our fists. What a real man will do instead of hitting his wife or threatening his wife, or intimidating his wife with violence. He'll pause. He'll be controlled. And that's who we are called to be. And young people, you need to pause when you're in the schools. You need to pause. Yes, there's a way we can protect ourselves. But you need to be careful with what you do and how you respond. We have to be different. We have to pause. And we need to settle matters quickly to avoid violence, to avoid being consumed with 
anger and jealousy um, and violence, many times it's really addressing the matter at hand and really getting to the heart of it. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 26 and 27, Paul said, be angry and yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and do not give the devil, the devil an opportunity. Violence is an opportunity the devil loves to be a part of. And he loves the ripple effect and the repercussions that will take place as a result of it. Don't even give him the opportunity. And one of the ways we can avoid giving him the opportunity is to eliminate consuming violence. If every TV show we're watching, if every book we're reading, if every song we're listening to is nothing but violence, even the news, and that's all we're infatuated with, you need to take a step back. It will impact how we think, how we live, and how we respond. That's how we respond. And we get to the heart of the matter. The problem for Cain was he didn't listen to God. The problem for Cain was Abel didn't do anything wrong to him. The problem was him. And many times the problem is not other people. Many times the problem is me or the problem is you. Get to the heart of the matter. Yes, we live in a world full of violence. And yes, violence can come in a variety of ways. But you know what? We can still shine and we can be different. We can change. But it will come through the renewing of our minds. It will come through God and his word. Abel did not retaliate in the way that Cain did. Noah was a man who found favor with God, even though the world was filled with violence. The apostle Peter is going to be beaten in Acts chapter 5, and yet he's going to leave prison rejoicing that he suffered for the cause of Christ. There's no pulling out his sword that time. You see, people can change, and hearts can change, and I'm thankful that my heart has changed as well with violence. I no longer go around saying I'm going to kill everybody and punch people. Our example is Jesus. And Jesus was spit upon, mocked, beaten, thorns crushed into his head, thorns crushed into his hands and his feet. And yet he did not revow. He did not respond. He did not retaliate with, with hatred or bitterness and uh, violence. And what a powerful example for us. God will repay. And God is the judge. That we need to allow that to happen. He's the one that we need to allow uh, to judge and to repay. And you know what? I'm thankful for Jesus, and so should you, because we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And there are things in our past where some of us may have been canceled as well. But Jesus was on the cross, and he canceled the debt of sin. God allowed Cain to continue after he murdered his brother. And the world was given 120 years to repent. Sodom and Gomorrah had been given plenty of time by God as well. Joseph would end up saving his brothers, and they would be reconciled 
back together. And Peter would be an apostle. People can change and God can still use you. And what a blessing to know that his blood washes away our sins. Yes, there will be consequences and a ripple effect, but we can be right with God, even if we have gone down the path of violence. Do you need to be right with God today? I want to encourage you to do the right thing and to listen to your God and to believe, to repent of your sins, and to be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. Take care and God bless. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. If you are in the need or looking for more motivation in your life, feel free to check out my website, benjaminlee.blog, where you can find hundreds of encouraging, motivational blog posts on a variety of subjects. You can find all of my books, which can also be found on amazon.com and other podcast interviews with a variety of people. I hope this helps. Please leave me a rating and a review. I can do and so can you. Take care and God bless.